0: everybody. Welcome to another edition of Retro's Pocket, number 21. My name is Ray Barnholtz, your host for this week, as I was last week. With me in the room today are Bob Mackey. Hello. Our special guest, Michael Raparez. Hello. Who is a uh, writer about games, much like we are, but also the host of the podcast Video Game Apocalypse. This is true. Part of the LaserTime Time Network, our friends over there as well, mm-hmm. so we're still bringing them in. We're still yeah. getting more Laser Time <laughs> And, of course, on the line, Jeremy Parrish.
1: Your distant friend from far away.
0: You're still you're not distant in our hearts is
1: what I'm
0: Aww. trying to say. There we go. <laughs> Got him. Okay. <laughs> so, today on the show, cavemen and video games. They go together like they go together quite often. Uh, well, at least I used to. Like nuts and gum. Yeah. Yeah, um. together at last. <laughs> And, uh, you know, like cartoons such as, you know, the Flintstones or comic strips like BC and stuff, we've had classic games about cavemen like Bonk's Adventure, Cavemen Games, and today's subject, which is the Joe and Max series from Data East. I guess I inspired Bob to play this uh, yesterday because oh, yeah. we were just
2: live-streaming it yep. for on our Retronauts channel on that's Twitch. That's on, sorry, twitch.tv Retronauts. Yes. You can check out anything we've streamed so far if you want to.
0: And Michael hasn't mentioned me before the show that he was playing it as well, so yes. you guys probably have more immediate first-hand experience than I
2: do. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but uh, I thought this was just a quirky little series to talk about for this show. Uh, there's not many games to it, but... Uh, and yet and, there's
3: more games than you'd think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I mean, let's just jump right into it. So, again... Joe and Mac, a caveman game, started as an arcade game by Data East in 1991 called Caveman Ninja, which is sort of fitting, I suppose. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, the story, such as it is, is that Joe and Mac, who are friends or brothers or something, I feel like it's like a double dragon sort of thing. I yeah, can't quite tell. Sure. <laughs> uh, brothers bound by honor or something. Uh, they're these caveman ninjas, warriors, I guess. Uh, they're from a prehistoric village, that one night is invaded by these by this tribe of uh, what you might call comparative Neanderthals. I mean, they're guys who were hunched hunchbacks and things and. They're not quite as cool-looking as Joe they, and Mac.
3: They have that weird look where everything is – the head is just a beard with a nose and eyes. Exactly, yeah.
0: yes. And uh, they invade the village and kidnap all the women, all the sexy cave women, of course. And it's Joe and Mac's job to go and save them by traversing the land and fighting all these Neanderthals as well as just getting through any sorts of uh, you know giant dinosaurs that they may come in contact with because you know that's the great anachronism <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of any caveman cartoon lore. That everybody lived with the dinosaurs and they were all huge and imposing and uh, yeah.
2: Some of them would do household tasks and complain. Yeah, audibly. Oh, it's true. a living. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. No, no foot yeah, powered totally. cars in this game though. Yeah. I
3: noticed. So. There are foot powered. Foot powered gyrocopter. That's true. Though, which yeah. is a little. Which a little is
0: special. better, in my opinion, and part of why I like the game Green Dog as well. As oh, oh Genesis. Yeah. <laughs> Because I feel like that is such a feasible invention. (laughs) If I took the time to actually build one, I could probably do it and then fly away and, you know, not be uh, restricted by the earth. And am I getting too far ahead of myself? Excuse (laughs) me. I'm getting lost in my dreams here. I don't know. Do we we want to talk about
1: the influence of the song Walk the Dinosaur on these games? Uh,
2: Probably. I'm sure that was it. It is in the Mario Brothers movie. Yeah. Because it's the most obvious song to put in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sure. When I think Mario,
1: I think Walk the Dinosaur.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
2: I think of Dinosaur Junior, but that's just me. <laughs> it's a little too hip, I'm afraid. Yeah. Oh yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> I think of Bob Hoskins in a bright yellow suit. I don't. I don't know what you think of. No.
2: Uh, we talked about uh, there are a lot of caveman games around this time. I feel like the the tropical setting was also really popular. I don't know if you guys yeah. agree with me. Just mm-hmm. like I love that. Like steel drums to me equal video game platforming, just mm-hmm. because they were sort of the oh, most yeah. prominent instrument in those games, and I love the music in this game. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure, and
0: you know, steel drums in particular are also uh, used in like Mario covers, covers of Mario music. So mm, yeah, not exactly true. Yeah, there's there's definitely this sort of like uh, fascination.
1: Maybe it was the Jamaican Bob's Flood team. I don't know, but <laughs> but some kind <laughs> right. of like uh, Caribbean fascination in a lot of these games that somehow translated yeah. also into cavemen. Um, you know, uh, looking at the Japanese title of the game, Tatakai uh, Tatakai Genji, Gen- actually. It, Wikipedia said Genshijin, but uh, maybe it was just oh, Genshin. Right. But Whatever. But that yeah. you know has a very similar title to Bonk in in Japan, PC Genjin. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's a delicious pun. I, yeah, I'm wondering if like this was kind of meant to be sort of the Great Gianna Sisters uh, versus Super Mario Brothers <laughs> to uh, to Bonk's adventure.
0: Yeah, I wonder about that too. Because uh, well, this game also has lots of similarities to Adventure Island. Uh, oh yeah, not just the tropical stuff, but you know things like the weapons, especially itself.
3: the arcade game with the, the yeah. thrown stone axes.
0: Yes, exactly. And of course Bonk as well. So I mean, I think I, I would imagine the developers are pretty inspired by those games. Or you know, there are those Japanese companies that just sort of make their money ripping off everybody else in a way. <laughs> but but was Data East one of those? They never really I mean, struck
3: kind me. Of, about, uh, yeah. uh, fighters history. Oh, yeah, yeah. There was a lawsuit. Maybe this
0: was the beginning of
1: that phase of their existence. <laughs> <laughs> like, ah, guys, original ideas are too hard. Let's just rip the hell out of the popular stuff.
0: Yeah. I think of Dades. I think of Jaleco. But East, I think, made much better games on the whole than that. But uh, yes, so yeah. Before I get too much into this game, let's get this out of the way. Uh, if there's such a thing as going to insensitivity training, uh-huh. I think maybe this would be part of the curriculum because – the damsels in distress all, as I mentioned, are all sexy looking women, unless you get the bad endings in the, in this arcade game where instead you get chase by ugly women, I guess, because you didn't get all of the sexy ones or something um, and then but they're also kidnapped by what I suppose would be lower forms of Joan Maxon
1: species,
2: yeah,
0: <laughs> and there's no monolith around, so they just
1: have to beat each other up normally, yeah. <laughs>
3: Right. That's it's also way. interesting in that depending on which version you're playing, the impetus for saving the the women is different. In the arcade version, they're actually. Dragged out by their hair. Yeah. And in the Super Nintendo version, you just get a text scroll saying, Oh, the Neanderthals showed up to this party and their breath was really bad, so all the girls ran away. <laughs> right. So you have to find them yeah. and bring them home. That's funny. That intro
2: for the SNES has all these little jokes put in, like all these little, like, you know, rib ticklers, I guess, like you'd read on a bubblegum wrapper or something about <laughs> cavemen. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's very strange, but I appreciated it. Just like, here's some jokes for you kids. Uh, enjoy your Laffy Taffy. <laughs> yeah. I localized
1: by the, by the people who wrote Konami's NES manuals.
2: Yes. you know the the
1: yeah. sexism thing um is kind of a proud caveman tradition dating back to the bc comic strip where course, the two yes. female characters were what uh cute chick and sexy or and fat broad right yeah yeah, yeah guys. they didn't have actual names uh, they were just you know, at, their appearances
2: yeah i wouldn't defend this but i feel like it's it's more cheeky than it is straight out like lurid and offensive it has a real benny hill sense of uh like, sexiness to it to the point where you are literally chased by sexy ladies at the end of the game if you beat the game. Yeah. They should just play yakety-saks and call it a exactly. day. <laughs> it's like that or laugh-in or something.
3: And also that extends to the boss fights. Like, whichever player does the best in fighting the boss gets a kiss from uh, the yes. damsel in distress. And then in the, the next scene, you see her, like, kissing the winner while the other guy's just sitting there crying. That's right, <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, <laughs> it really makes or breaks life for them, I guess. Yeah. I mean,
1: geez, But um, – I mean, you know, primitive man survival of the species is pretty much tantamount.
0: Taken to this extreme,
2: the uh, the arcade flyer has this great text on it. I wish I had it in front of me, but it says like, "Who will get the girl's kiss reward?" or something like that. <laughs> so the All economy, right. the the currency in this game is women and their and their smooches. Uh, see. So, yeah, back to the game. I mean, uh, what
0: I wonder what exactly is it so ninja about Joe and Mac? Well, I mean. They're not very stealthy or fast in the game itself, but uh, they do have—they do jump high. They do these acrobatic uh, jumps and things. And, yeah, so it's uh, a very
3: early version of Ninja. I mean,
1: they—they yeah, so they, they could be assassins who are poisoning other cavemen in their sleep, and we just don't see that aspect of their lives. We just see, you know, sort of the um, their their brawler mission. But when we're not watching them, they are actually performing missions for the shogun. Uh, you know, True.
0: killing other people in their sleep—that sort of thing. But then to me, that would raise the question, how come they could be so easily subverted by these Neanderthals in the Hmm. middle of the night? Yeah, they're the ones who were sneaky. Yeah. I guess. That's true. Maybe maybe
3: the title refers to the Neanderthals <laughs> or the caveman ninjas. <laughs> yes. Oh, God. <laughs> I think you've finally broken – okay. Uh, yeah. You cracked
0: it. 25
2: cracked years it. later. Yeah. Mm. Uh,
0: and, of course, they do have a bunch of different weapons to use. Uh, they start with you know axes, but then they upgrade to, like, wheels, stone wheels, throwing <laughs> stone wheels, <laughs> which is quite <laughs> funny, and boomerangs and, like, uh, torches or fireballs or whatever. I think my um, favorite
3: weapon was only in the arcade version where you're, like, sending out clones of yourself. Yeah, that yeah.
0: That's true, yeah. Very oh, ultra ninja guy style. too. But yeah. it looks very ultra Beast-ish as well. It does. It does. Uh, yeah. So there's that one. Yeah, I wonder why they took that out of the home one.
3: I wonder. Probably um, drawing too many sprites or something. I, I doubt yeah, it. These are
1: yeah. 16-bit consoles. I could see maybe on mm-hmm. NES, but I think the Super NES could handle an extra sprite or two on screen.
2: I bet that's a four-meg cart, though, and, I, and I, it's probably filled the capacity with all those giant, beautiful sprites in this game. The, the beautiful
0: women and the fat women also. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and like I said, it has a bit of Adventure Island in it, especially in the arcade version where your life bars slowly tick down as you go through the stages and you can sort of replenish them. But uh yeah, that's, uh, that's an odd touch and one that seems a bit uh too unfair, I guess. Yeah, I mean very, it seemed like an bomb-y. outmoded thing. It's OK to deal with it in Adventure Island or Wonder Boy rather. And uh, like you can sort of deal with it because it's like the inventor of that uh, sort of uh, mechanic in
2: a way. But yeah. I think even, again, um, even like, Bonk did that, right? No. Uh, at least in the first game, maybe no, I know you had to keep collecting fruit. Okay, maybe okay. Hudson <laughs> I got confused. No, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, thank God they didn't.
0: Yeah, Cause I, it's a weird thing to do, for, in my opinion. Uh, so that's K-Man Ninja. I, I as we talk about the Super Nintendo version, a lot of different things, a lot of the same things will come up. But uh, yeah, so let's just move into that now. Oh, I got. This was uh, in Japan. This is called, as we said, Tatakaya Genshi-jin or whatever, which is, you know, basically like a fighting caveman. But, Bob, uh, since you were the one playing this most recently last night in five, oh, sure, you want to tell us a bit about it? I mean, uh, actually, hold on. Let me start a bit by saying this was um, – this came out not too f- long after the arcade game. And as was such, uh, this was 1991, so it was kind of around the Super NES launch, at least in this country. And I think that, you know, maybe helped by the fact that not many – People in America probably saw the arcade game. Uh, this, you know, this probably seemed to get a lot, of, lot more exposure in the system's early days just because it was a launch game. But also, like, it, this is all also from my point of view because I would see it a lot and be interested in it and I would rent it quite often. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it was sort of uh, very frequently present in my early Super NES playing days.
2: Did any of us actually ever see the arcade game? I've never have seen it in my life.
0: No. I think I
3: saw it once in a movie theater.
2: Wow. Okay. It's funny, though. I brought it up
0: last week to a coworker and he, he said he played it all the time in the arcade. I was like, wow. Sheesh. Okay.
2: Maybe <laughs> not the biggest enough. circulation for that one.
0: Yeah, probably not, but um, that's just arcades in the 90s, I
2: yeah. suppose. Uh, so, yeah, uh,
0: Bob, what can you tell us a bit up
2: front? Well, I played all of them, so I can tell you the, the major differences. Uh, well, the SNES version is a lot slower and swimmy, more swimmy. It's a lot more okay. like a traditional console platformer where you have a world map. Secret levels, things like that. Nothing as elaborate as Mario World, Mm-mm. but it's also the best looking one. And you do see the the most impressive thing you'll ever see in the game. You see within the first thirty seconds. Even the final boss is not as impressive as this giant dinosaur that you fight. in. Right. And you see, you would see that picture all the time in nineteen ninety one in they, magazines. Like, look at what the SNES can do.
0: Yeah, it's always on the box art. It was on the like, the, the rendition of that giant dinosaur yeah. right there on the, and, on the front of the box and yeah it 's always in the screenshots it 's the first screenshot you see basically,
2: yeah it still looks fantastic yeah. Yeah. and I think that time, it was even on the on the box art as you know just a drawing or whatever mm-hmm. but um what what I noticed about the game is that the um some of the more i guess lurid details are left uh out because of uh, nintendo i 'm guessing, so in the genesis version when you 're fighting the bosses, you see the women bound. Uh, in the oh. background mm-hmm. and a lot of them have cleavage. So I, I imagine having a bound woman with her boobs like kind of oh. hanging out, not, not, an, not a Nintendo thing to do.
3: Maybe. It also doesn't fit with a Nintendo storyline that they weren't kidnapped.
2: Oh, that's true. They yeah. just were kind of running from the bad breath, I guess. Exactly. Yeah, of yes. course. <laughs> that's true. And um, I did notice like – I have a feeling that maybe uh, – who developed this? Um, you know, the SNES version. Do we know? Is it Data I, East?
0: I would assume it's uh, Data East okay. or not internally, you
2: know, subcontracted as usual. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it was made in Japan. So I, I, I feel made in Japan because it feels like they're pushing back against some of the censorship because I swear the, the plan says damn when you hit it. I was playing it last night and it's like damn when you hit it. it it's just like uh, it's just like Audrey too, you right. know, I think they were kind of inspired oh, yeah. by that. But I do hear the word damn. Maybe I'm wrong. Go back, look at the video. That could be it. Another thing is um, – when you, okay, spoilers, I guess, for Joe and Mac. But when you fight the last boss, you fight basically the head of the dinosaur you saw in the beginning of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you when you beat him, you go inside of the mouth, you fight through the body, and then you fight the devil. You fight Satan yeah. at the end of the game just for like no, no reason. <laughs> yeah. But I, th- I thought it was hilarious. Like they sanitize the game, but you fight the devil um, in the end. And it just comes out of nowhere. There's no explanation behind it. Just the devil is living in a dinosaur and fight yeah, him. So. Of course.
3: And do you, do you still kill him in the Super Nintendo version by killing the dinosaur's heart? You, I don't think actually I couldn't beat the second form
2: form of Satan, and I think you just kill the devil and that's it. There's, the heart is just there for like effect because he'll stab the heart with his pitchfork and that'll make boulders yeah. fall from the uh, yeah. from the sky. And yeah. putting that in quotes, it doesn't really scream originality. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, uh, did they just run out of dinosaurs to
0: use? I think so. Were they so. afraid of uh, maybe ripping off Bowser or something? Maybe.
2: And <laughs> the other versions of Final Boss is this kind of, like, lizard-human hybrid um, oh. guy that is not honestly not as silly, not as impressive, not as fun. So I'm glad they went with a different idea. But I just, like, why did they do that? It's just so strange. Yeah. And it is –
0: yeah, it is an odd dichotomy because the rest of the game is so big on big sprites. Like we said, you know, they always put that big dinosaur boss front and center.
3: They they made you fight an Ultrasaur for God's sake.
0: (laughs) And that was just like one of those big 16-bit things, especially putting this up as, you know, a first wave Super NES game. Like of course that would sort of attract uh, kids who are into, you know, big graphics and things. Yeah. Like here we go. Giant sprites, of course, right? This is the new wave. This is the next generation. (laughs) Bigger is better. Uh, So I I find that very funny and I think that's sort of why it um, got a little bit of Cachet or Remembrance uh, since then, uh, as the Super NES version did.
3: So one thing I'm curious about, in the arcade version, you could pick up like Player 2 or I think some of the Neanderthals right. and carry them around and throw them. Could you still do that in the Super Nintendo one? In the
2: Super Nintendo one, they yeah. I, I don't think you can. Can you? Oh, so there's the normal two-player
0: game. Yeah. And then you can select two-player Super Game, which does all that friendly fire picking up.
2: Oh, OK. Yeah, yeah there, okay. There, are, there are a lot of weird granular differences like in the Arcade and Genesis versions, jumping on enemies kills them. In the SNES version, you jump on the enemies and use them as platforms. And uh, also in the SNES version, you don't have that charge attack that the other versions have, which sucks because I, I feel like the bosses have way too much health. And that would be really helpful. Um, and in the SNES version, I don't think there's a button to do your super jump. But in the Genesis version, there is. You have to hit up and jump. Right. Um, yeah. But lots of little tiny, like, just, you know, arbitrary differences like that.
0: Yeah, sort of made uh, maybe console appropriate because, I mean, well, they added this kind of superficial world map, as we said. But also, like, the levels sort of branch a bit or at least they're longer as well. And, uh, I mean, just, yeah, these these this host of changes that sort of, like, extend the uh, –
2: the playtime, not by much, I would imagine. Yeah. I have to wonder if kids who saw the world map like thought this was world one of, of six or eight. But, you know, you only get one world map and then it's over. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really short game. Uh, it does scroll though. It screen, does. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it has some some sense of scale. It's like two world maps. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I mean, are there are there any new levels or do, are they just adapting all the arcade levels and letting you play through them in sequence?
2: There there are new levels. Uh, I didn't – I just kind of skipped through a long play of the arcade game, but I saw very similar levels. I assume that there are new ones that um, weren't in the arcade. Like there was a nice level. I don't remember being in the arcade version. Hmm. Um, yeah. 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 Well, they also fixed the uh, life bar. Now it's a static life bar, so
3: yeah,
0: yeah. unlike the Adventure Island-ish
3: one. And there's the, the NES version, which uh, right. I, I feel like calling it an afterthought is giving it too much
0: credit. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> like, so there's several different ports we can talk about. Really <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> Really not that similar to the Super NES version, no. but anyway. Uh the funny thing is that most of the ports were developed or subcontracted or otherwise handled by uh, Elite which was a uh British based uh, game publisher as well uh developer and uh so they would they were doing this they were licensed by licensed from Data East to make these ports and so the first uh one that I knew of at least was the NES version and uh yeah it's very <laughs> sort of interpretive Ugh.
3: of Joe and Max. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, this is a game that has the same sprites, but uh, like it's not a platformer, yeah. especially not in the first level. Like the first level is just a scrolling plane where sprites randomly attack you and then yeah. you fight a boss uh, on like a different screen. And uh. then it, it sends you to a thing where like, oh, now I can walk up the backs of dinosaurs, but there's still no real platforming. Yeah. Here's
0: the thing. You have this game, which is such a showcase of giant – 16-bit graphics and everything and you try and transpose that into an 8-bit game from last generation, it's not really going to work, no. Because, I mean sure, a lot of NES games would use little tricks to make giant boss sprites and things but things where they were basically just like background layers. But a lot of the, the bigger sprites in Joe and Mac were active. I mean, they were active sprites. And, uh, you know, attacking and all that. They weren't just things that you would throw stones at or whatnot. Uh, so in the NES, you get everything basically shrunken down a lot so that the NES could handle it but there's also a trade-off in that because the sprites are shrunken on the screen, you have this gigantic play field now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because the screen real estate is so much uh, proportionally larger. Uh, and, and then because of that, you also have to like water down the stages a lot. Like the first stage is a straight line.
3: <laughs> Watered down is being pretty gentle. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Sure. Well, yeah. I, I tried to be so much
3: I, I, I think. I think the one thing that it did that was impressive was it had, like, parallax scrolling with, like, the, yeah. the layers in the background were scrolling by no. different speeds. But Whoop-de-doo. <laughs> exactly. Well, that, it, that's, like, the one thing it did that, <laughs> that showed any effort whatsoever. That
2: right? didn't impress me. I, I thought that was pretty cool for an NES game.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh, so <laughs> this is the NES game. not much else to talk about except, yeah, just a
0: huge, huge downgrade. Uh, there was a Game Boy version as well. Sort of like the NES version, I would say almost technically worse. It feels a bit even slower and stiffer. Uh, cause to me, I mean, at least the, those tiny sprites on the NES moved somewhat smoothly. Not so much on Game Boy where things are just kind of, you know, poking around. Obviously different people were working on it, I suppose. Uh, not much I'll say about that either. But, uh, <laughs> Genesis version, as Bob was mentioning as well, is mo- more based on the arcade game than the Super NES version was. And, uh, because of that, uh, it's a little bit more straightforward. Uh, there's not, there's none of the, – as far as I know, none of the big tweaks or anything that the Super NES version made. So not a whole lot was notable about it um, except that it had like an odd licensing loop going on. It was like developed by a different studio for Elite and published by – not by Data but by Takara. Yeah,
2: weird. <laughs> so weird. <laughs>
0: who, uh, who also published like a lot of uh, Neo Geo ports on the 16-bit consoles at the time if you remember them. Um, Then there were computer versions. There was the Amiga version, which looks like having the NES version but with properly sized graphics. Mm -hmm. I mean the colors are a bit off, which is odd because the Amiga had far greater color palette than the NES did and yet it sort of seems not that uh, well utilized. Um, I'm sure there was a programming trade off there or something. Then there was the PC DOS version which uh, ostensibly maybe looked like the closest to the arcade version but it's, I mean, I would say it's like having the Super Nintendo graphics with the Game Boy version's pace. (laughs) So it's very odd. It's a bit slow. The music is kind of pokey. It's not really there necessarily. Um, Sort of a big problem with a lot of console DOS ports of the time. I don't know. But it does look good. I mean, better than, say, the Simpsons arcade game on DOS.
2: Oh, yeah. (laughs) We made a comparison to Double Dragon, and I mean, this game feels a lot like Double Dragon in that there are a million ports for the first one, but after that, no one cared. True.
0: That's true, and I think that that will come up later.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Not that no one cared, but like, you know, Joe and Mac Fever kind of cooled down a bit. So uh, (laughs) what do we all think about
0: this uh, first Joe and Matt game. <laughs> Bob, again, as the guy who was with it the most recently.
2: I mean, I think uh, they're sort of like B-tier platforming games. Uh, they're, uh, like, they can be cheap in their own way. They're not as solid as a Mario game, um, so quick saving through them helps. But I find that The SNES and the Genesis version are just different enough that they offer, you know, a experience worth going through through each one, Mm -hmm. through each time. Um, I played the Genesis version this morning and I did think it was really impressive for a Genesis game. The music (laughs) was really good. The graphics were good. I enjoyed always having a projectile weapon on me. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I would try both of them. They're both different experiences.
0: Yeah, I think the Genesis version is is good but just not as impressive as the Super NES version. Yeah, Uh,
2: yeah. It's not as visually stunning, you know. It's not a showpiece or anything. Uh,
3: Michael, any opinions? Yeah. I mean I I really enjoyed the arcade game, Caveman Ninja. And then I felt like the Super Nintendo version, while fun, was like an attempt to sort of slow down the pacing to uh, make it feel like it was more worth the 40 or 50 or 60 or however Mm -hmm. many dollars people were going to pay for it. (laughs) That you know, they, they take away your projectile weapons for the most part. You're given a club which works at short range. You oh, can then upgrade right. to bones or fireballs or boomerangs like a lot of the weapons from the arcade are missing. Um, the pace is like you said a bit swimmier mm. and slower. Uh, you've got the world map where the, – the arcade had like these like Darius style branching levels where you pick oh, path yeah. A or path B but here you just have to play them all uh, selectable from the world map. So even, even though it's a short game, they do their best to draw it out.
0: Yeah, true. Yeah, that's the point I was trying to raise.
3: And The NES version is just awful. Yeah, yeah of there's course. no reason to go there. Yeah, yeah it's at
0: yeah. the shame, bit of a cash <laughs> in. Uh, Jeremy, did you have any experience with this back in the day, or did you try it before the show? Or uh, no, and no. This was a series right. that I saw
1: often when I was renting games, but it just always looked so cut rate. Um, <laughs> I just I couldn't bring myself to, to you know to play it, even though it would have cost like a dollar fifty to rent the games. They just, I, I don't know, like nothing about them grabbed me at all. And, uh, you know, I, I watched the videos uh, before the show, but uh, yeah, I just, I don't feel compelled in any way to play these games, even as historical
2: curiosities. Wow, that's <laughs> harsh. I think they're worth playing. Really? Yeah. Um, well, I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah, eventually, like
1: I I'll eventually have to play the Game Boy version for, uh, Uh-oh, for my God. little side project. <laughs> so,
2: <laughs> so it can only be, it can only go up from there, I think. <laughs> the game is at best an hour long. If I mean, it's not a huge investment of your time, and it's really linear too. So I mean, I think it's it's worth checking out, especially if you like 2D graphics, great music, those tropical themes,
3: and dinosaurs whose eyes bug out.
2: Oh yeah, I love the bug-eyed dinosaurs.
0: Yeah, yeah I sort of I don't know. I'm sort, now nowadays I'm sort of borderline between Bob and Jeremy here because like uh, I, I did enjoy it back in the day. Uh, it was cool at the time. It's kind of quirky, uh, but I you know it's still a pretty normal platformer. In my view, but still, I think uh, interesting enough to sort of talk about it on the show. Let's move on to the next game, uh, which is not really a Joe and Mac game so much, but Congo's uh, Caper for the Super NES, also by Data East, called in Japan Tatsukai Gingin Two Ruki no Boken. Uh, so they obviously it's a similar setting; it's a caveman sort of thing. But I'm not exactly sure why Data East put this under the same umbrella as Joe and Mac because. They, they called it essentially Joan and Mac 2, not yeah. literally, mm-hmm. but, I mean, they put it under that same sort of franchise. Yeah, uh, I mean, that, the, the titling on, on the
1: Japanese version is basically like Rambo to – or First Blood to Rambo, First Blood <laughs> Part 2. Uh, yeah, exactly. Except there's exactly. no Rambo in this one. It's like some monkey kid or something. Right. It's like, yeah,
0: <laughs> Rambo 3 starring Jim. <laughs> uh, uh, so, yeah. Uh, however, the U.S. branch didn't call it Joan and Mac 2, but they had ran print ads that called him – Joe and Mac's country cousin.
2: Oh, Congo weird! Congo was
0: Joe and Mac's country cousin. <laughs> so that was as close as they got. What are they from the city or something? <laughs> I guess. Well, there must be. They're advanced enough to have
2: weapons. I, I guess and stuff. so. Yeah. And uh, no, no, I want a crossover well, that's
1: like those episodes of Tom and Jerry where Jerry meets his country mouse companion.
2: <laughs> oh God! Yeah. Right. I
0: would assume that. Uh, of course, the conceit here is that Congo is sort of a. Uh, not fully evolved human I suppose yeah, I guess
3: cousin in the sense that like well he's a cousin to the the Cro-Magnon or human right.
0: species I mean, I, I guess they're just saying he's an inbred hick. Is that what's going on here? I don't know. Oh, sure. But anyway. I mean,
3: he wears, like, overalls with one thing missing. <laughs> so.
0: so Congo is kind of this uh, boyish monkey who, uh, much like Joe Mackey, wields a club and you're uh, running around and hitting enemies and things. However, uh, his his Super Mario mode is that he's just normal kid-looking thing. He's basically a boy with a tail. But if you get hit, he shrinks back into basically a full-on monkey. So it's a funny little uh, – uh, play at uh, evolution there. So yeah. some in your nose at evolution. Some, no, no, it, both
3: both it. of them can swing from branches though. Yeah, so.
0: exactly. Uh, so, and it's, but it's kind of cute in general. Uh, it's a cute, cute approach there. But also the game is much more. The game is slightly more chibi style than Joe and Mac is. I mean, this is all kind of shades and gr- shades of gray here, but. Uh, I feel like it's even more sort of rounder sort of art
3: style. Did anybody else get a Sonic the Hedgehog vibe from the level design?
2: Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because – A lot of verticality to them.
3: Yeah, exactly. And I think that was sort
0: of what other 16-bit developers were doing. They were sort of looking at Sonic, which we know it is like the hold right game. But um, (laughs) it did have a lot of these giant open levels and a lot of things to explore within them. So that sort of like grew out of that and that sort of be involved in general in the sort of 16-bit era. So – What Congo's caper is is also because it's a console game from the ground up. You have you have that you have that sort of larger verticality of levels and things where you can sort of run around and explore a bit more and not just go in in a uh, relative straight line and beat big bosses or anything. Although there are big bosses to beat, so uh, and it is a bit faster as well. Uh, Congo moves swifter than Joan MacWood, I would say. He still does those acrobatic jumps and things, but uh, generally, uh, yeah, it's all much more suited, I think, for a console experience than just sort of like taking the arcade game of Joe and Mac and just sort of uh, retrofitting things onto it to make it make it more appropriate. Um, any opinions about that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I
2: played it last night, and I and I feel like. Um it's, it's an okay platformer. I, I kind of prefer the the little more out there designs of Joe and Mac 1. Right. Um, I feel like after Joe and Mac 1, the designs got a lot a lot more um, conservative, like sort of like a, what Nintendo would put out. Where in Joe and Mac 1, it felt like uh, like Mad Magazine or something. Like Don Martin was drawing the cavemen. It was just <laughs> this really weird, uh, bizarre style. Exactly. And, and, I, and I, I mean, Joe and Mac 2 would be like hyper detailed but still very conservative. But um, I prefer the uh, kind of like the, – the kind of sauciness of Joe and Mac 1 Chicago's uh, sure. caper. Yeah, I get that.
1: There there's something I actually kind of like about the design of the character in Congo's Caper. I, I like the cuter look. It kind of reminds me of some of the later Yan Chamaru games for Famicom, uh which was oh, yeah. what, Kid Nikki, Radical Kid Ninja? Nikki? Yeah. Like
0: yeah, yeah. that turned oh, from yeah.
1: kind of like weird, sort of sketchy art to something a lot more refined and cartoonish mm-hmm. and uh very approachable and warm. And uh there's there's a little bit of that to to this I don't know, I I'm not really big on this like sort of exaggerated, grotesque parody characters of joe and mac like the the softer rounder cuter style works better for me because i'm manly
0: <laughs> right uh, no i actually agree with you yeah that is a, well, good a to touch point there as
3: a manly man the difficulty of this game should appeal to you yeah right? yeah. <laughs> yeah i think it was about my fifth or sixth attempt at trying to beat the the t-rex boss That like first it chases you through these tunnels and then you have to like Swat uh, Neanderthals back at it to, in order to to hurt it, and it's just like, nah, this is I'm not having fun with this anymore. <laughs> that's this that's where I gave terrible. up too. Yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, come but on. It's, it's such
3: a weird like story setup with that game. Like, true. These these two gems fall from the sky and turn uh, Congo and some other monkey, this girl monkey, into like human kids. Then the bat-winged devil comes along and immediately kidnaps the female one. Yeah.
2: Is well, this the same? Uh, is this the same devil that's in the stomach of the dinosaur? He's not nearly as Satan-y looking. Like the guy yeah. in Joe Mac One is like literally the cartoon devil you find on like deviled ham or whatever. You yeah. know, just this like... guy's
3: more impish.
2: Yeah, uh, he has
3: bat wings and a pitchfork, but he he looks kind of chibi and anime. I thought maybe we found and, like the
1: story hook that ties this game into the main series.
3: Ah, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, sadly, I don't know. It might be plausible. But yeah, he's like, hey, a girl with a tail immediately. Yeah. Can Kidnaps her, turns Congo back into a monkey. Another gem falls from the sky, turns him into, back into a human boy. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Adventure.
0: Maybe they should have called this like the Fighting Satan series. Or something,
2: or <laughs> it the would the be thousands alien. of years before the cavemen discovered Christianity, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so they're out of luck.
0: Oh, yeah. It's like ancient aliens. <laughs> so what does <laughs> In- this do for the, a- the
1: theory of original sin?
2: Oh, my God. I don't even know. Wow. How, where do we begin? <laughs> like this is really original. This is, yeah. This this merits a theological discussion we're not prepared for. Again, it. yeah.
0: Thumbing its nose in more than
2: one way. It sounds like yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> but yeah, I mean you guys are being down on the difficulty stuff, but I actually think this is like the best out of this whole franchise. Really? I really enjoy Cognoscaper. I think it's a pretty well-rounded platformer. It's not like super high of the genre or anything, but as like a Super NES platformer, I think it's it's well worth playing, in my humble opinion. It has
2: really good music. I had the I was playing the continue music in my room while I was getting ready, just to yeah, sp- some, some spicy Latin tunes. Not Latin tunes, sorry, Caribbean yeah. tunes.
1: Like sort <laughs> now, of
2: like a montage
1: music, like Rocky getting ready, listening to the Congo Scaper theme.
2: Except for me, there was more like uh, you know tropical drinks and parrots and uh, right. So relaxing yeah. so ocean if, waves. If
1: Rocky were a, a parrot head.
2: Yeah. So, yeah.
0: So, I mean, uh, I like this because uh, I don't always really associate with Joe and Matt games, you know, for obvious reasons. So I think it's just it stands on its own as a good platformer. I'm, again, not high to the genre or anything. I'm not going to stand here and debate its merits or anything. I'm sure there's plenty of flaws we could think of and look at in level design or what have you. But uh, pretty decent game for the time. I think so. Uh, and so we move on. To Joe and Mac Two, lost in the tropics in Europe. But Joe and Mac Three, lost in the tropics because apparently they were counting Congo's. Caper. This is like
2: a clock tower slash um, Kingsfield syndrome, right? Yeah, <laughs> just now, kind of a
1: Tecmo thing in general because they did that with uh, Deception also.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that's true.
0: Uh, the Japanese title is a bit more cheekier. It's called uh, the Fighting Caveman Three. Of course, the heroes <laughs> are Joe and Mac this time. <laughs> Something like that. Um, so uh, so for one thing, this is, again, this is Super NES exclusive. We moved away from Arcade and all the different ports. Um, apparently, this sort of does make Congo's Caper canon or, you know, it takes a little step towards it because um – Joe and Mac will live in this hut, and they'll come back to it during the game. And in this hut is a portrait of Congo hung in it. <laughs> it's yep. a very, very obvious portrait. Never really thing. explained. Right. Are you, are you seeing ancestor? Maybe a cousin? Father? Who knows? I
2: bet there's a timeline on the internet. Yeah.
0: I'm. <laughs> just, just pick up the uh, Joe and Mac Historia book on Amazon. Oh, yes, <laughs>
2: there's a split yes. between Congo's Caper and Joe and Mac 3, though. So yeah. uh, watch That's out for true. that one. Yeah.
1: Who knows? So I which one is the, t- <laughs> to the child Joe and Mac timeline? <laughs>
2: Uh, the bad timeline is where Congo dies and Satan rules over the earth for a millennia. <laughs> uh-huh.
0: Uh, Bob, replaying this as well because I uh, forgot to note down exactly what the story is about.
2: Yeah. I, uh, I didn't actually pay attention to the story. Okay, but great. I played it, through most of it last night.
3: The Neanderthals, this time led by a dude named Gork, come oh, and Gork. steal the women again. Yeah. All right. Of course. And yes. then an old man tells you to go find them. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You have to find seven stones first. Oh,
0: right. Yeah, it's a real Dragon Ball situation. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh Secret of the Seven Stars or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yes, once again, you're basically going around the world saving the sexy cavewomen. No,
3: I think he steals a crown, actually. So it's a slightly different prize. God, so much anachronistic stuff here. Yeah. (laughs) Now there's royalty going on. Why do cavemen have a crown? Why is it not made of rocks?
0: (laughs) Is this Victorian BC? (laughs) I don't understand what's going on. Um, So, Yeah. Not only can you save these women, but you can actually choose them as a bride basically. Yeah. And then they'll immediately uh, hang out in your home hut and then they can also automatically produce a child. (laughs) So it's like as you go back to your house and stuff, you'll find these little quote-unquote story points of, you know, she becomes your wife and then you get a kid and all this stuff.
1: Yeah. Um, Did this uh, this inspire
0: the cat collecting mechanic in
1: Chrono Trigger?
2: Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, I, as a kid, I remember grinding for wheels because you use wheels as money in this game too in order to get a wife and get her flowers and you know improve the hut. I didn't have time for that because getting those wheels takes a lot of time. And I guess I mean, you're probably getting this right. You can you can upgrade your house. I don't yes. know if it does anything outside of cosmetic differences, but you can pay to upgrade. You know, yeah,
0: kind of a prestige thing. Yeah, <laughs> just a just a, uh, a, a indicator of how far you've
3: come on your quest. Um, kind of yeah. has like almost Zelda 2 pacing where you're you're on a land map yeah. and then you like go to a village and there are different shops and yeah. things.
0: That's true. Uh, actually, I was thinking of Super Adventure Island 2. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's another one. More of an aesthetic – more closely aesthetics there. But uh, yeah, you're right. It does have a larger world map, a real world map you might say compared to the first game. And uh, again, the stages are much more wide open, more verticality to them, but mm. – and as a consequence of that, I feel like everything – is because everything is spread out more, everything is more spread thin. Uh, again, I'm just comparing this to like the first Joe and Mac, not necessarily Congo's Caper. But I think like they move a bit more slowly. The stages are not quite as energetic. There's not no. a lot more going on no. at all. You're not fighting giant dinosaurs every single second. It feels so. There's more exploration as well.
3: It took me a while to, to get used to that pace and yeah. actually want to play it. But mm-hmm. once you get in like – Another uh, similarity it has with Adventure Island is rideable dinosaurs.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. Which is
3: in, in the case of the pterodactyl, it's kind of tiring because you got that flappy bird <laughs> style control. That's right.
2: Uh, One thing about that I noticed, it's kind of like subverting the whole Mario riding Yoshi thing. The dinosaurs do not like you on their back. You're you're sort of elbowing them in the back of the head. They're
3: visibly annoyed.
2: Yeah. And then they take one hit and they're dead. So you're kind of using them and then disposing of them. Somewhat realistic. Yeah. (laughs)
3: That's good. But yeah, uh,
2: like Michael was saying, um, the game does feel very uh, sparse and sort of like sterile compared to the madcap um, zaniness of Joe and Mac 1. It does take some time to get used to. Yeah.
0: Yeah, But I mean uh, the graphics are a bit more improved. Yeah. But, I mean, what does that really matter at this point?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, but then they take away certain moves, like you don't have the super jump, but you do get to climb ropes.
0: Yeah. Sure. Right. Yeah.
3: Part of the exploration part, yeah. Uh-huh. You, can jump in. <laughs> you have to actually push down to eat food and then you'll spit bones for a little bit. Yeah. Right. You can, so you can
2: drink water and do the same thing yeah.
3: too. Yeah. yeah. So it's both a health power-up and a temporary weapon thing.
0: Yeah. So yeah, I don't – I wouldn't really know where to place this necessarily. I mean is it fair to compare it against the first game or fair to compare it against uh, Congo's Caper or more fair to just think of it on its own? I don't know. Guys, help me out.
3: <laughs> I feel like it grew out of the Super Nintendo one. Yeah. I mean it's it's much more similar to that than any of the others. But mm-hmm. to
1: know.
2: me, it feels more like a sequel to Congo's Caper than it does a sequel to the. Ar- I mean, that, the arcade yeah, game for uh, sure. They, I mean, they knew. I mean, it was no longer a port of something they had done before, so it was yeah. way more focused on what a console game should be. Mm-hmm. But I did see the Super Adventure Island two uh, similarities. I, 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 yeah. how, how far away are they from each other in like Not chronology? Very, I think.
0: Uh, I think this came out after Island 2. Okay, Yeah. I think I think.
3: Oh, another interesting thing about it. This was post-Jurassic Park. So Uh. if you'll notice like you compare it to the original like the the big goofy cartoony dinosaur sprites. This had like much more edgy like realistic quote-unquote looking dinosaurs. Yeah. But then they still get the big bug eyes when you hit them.
2: You are right. That's Uh. one thing I noticed like I didn't like it as much because the dinosaurs weren't as cartoony. They were just like very – I mean I'm sure they were pretty stunning for the time. But yeah, Mm they're very like realistic – is that a yeah, is that a I, Jurassic
1: Park thing or just a 90s thing? Cuz everything was way more extreme well, in the 90s. You know, they probably I had think, like big guns and pouches and spittle strings when they shouted.
3: <laughs> I think I think the Jurassic Park kind of redefined the way people thought of tyrannosauruses with like that sort of bony face. Mm. And at the very beginning of Joe and Mac 2, you get one of those stomping across the screen and like emitting some sort of 16-bit hiss roar. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, they, are, they are, Yeah, he's much more bonier than the mm-hmm. big doe-eyed version from the first game. Um, I took a w- Wikipedia break while you were looking. I'm sorry. Super Adventure Island 2 came out after this in it's 1995.
2: Joe, Joe Mac 3 is 94? Yeah. Okay.
0: So very interesting. But yeah. I guess everybody was thinking the same thing though. Or Adventure <laughs> Island was like just the- like, you guys ripped us off. We're stealing it back. Yeah, uh, Maybe. <laughs>
3: Also kind of like the, the Mode 7 pterodactyl zooming in and like knocking you into space with a sonic boom. That was a cool touch. Oh,
0: yeah. So, yeah, of course it has all that other cool touches, 16-bit kind of stuff.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so, yeah. After that uh, same year sort of we move into the arcade space once again in Joe and Mac Returns. And grammar notwithstanding, this is a uh, kind of a decent arcade game so weird. It's
3: such a shock if you're expecting a, a Joe and Mac game.
0: Yeah, uh, it certainly is not. In fact, uh, this is basically a one of those single screen, what I like to call em ups, like bubble bobble. <laughs> I like that, or actually more uh, accurately, like a uh, tumble pop, which Data East also made in 1991, and uh, same sort of mechanic where you just, you know, you have every stage is just one whole screen, you have to get rid of all the enemies, and uh, actually, uh, like one of the stages in Tumble Pop is basically Joe and Mac themed, mm. like you're fighting Joe and Mac enemies. Uh, uh, and but here they just a few years later they just they just took it and made it into a real Joe and Mac game, not real real, but I mean they did add everything and everything is a Joe and Mac enemy now, and so yeah. This, um, yeah. In arcade
2: only? Yes. Uh, U.S., Japan, everywhere. I would assume everywhere. Okay. Yes. I
0: mean, uh, I think so. I haven't really, I didn't really check the uh, main records or anything. Uh, but yeah, in Tumble Pop, you would use these kind of like these vacuum cleaner things to like suck up enemies and then shoot them into like these giant balls. In Joe and Mac, you sort of gather them up into like bags and then you just sort of roll these mm-hmm. giant bags and that sort of steamrolls all the enemies. And the thing. more you
3: gather up at once, the, the bigger the bag you can throw.
0: Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's just like that. Again, very similar to Bubble Bobble, Snow Brothers, what have you. Um but i think the graphics are pretty nice i mean they're definitely more bright and lively than like joan mac 2 was uh just you know very very sort of well-thought-out art style as well. Joe and Bat and Joe and Mac are a bit more uh, squat, squattier-looking, I guess, yeah. to fit on the screen. They, they
3: look like child characters. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, Super deformed. Actually, they sound like children as well. <laughs> um, if you've seen the videos or anybody's played it firsthand, you'll notice you'll notice Joe and Matt kind of have, like, uh, they sound like younger boys <laughs> for the reason. They have these weird sort of they in the, voices. They do in the
2: older games, too. Yeah,
0: true. True, true enough. It's um, weird. But this is also, like, they added more clips for this arcade game, so it's like, every time you grab a power-up, they say something, I got a Oh yeah. <laughs> real? Okay, I didn't <laughs> I see any videos power. of this. I have no idea what exactly they're saying. I guess power up, but, uh, <laughs> yeah,
3: or, or power. It could be power.
0: Yeah, that's just one of those lovely touches. I think from certain Japanese arcade games where they just pack in all these bizarre voice clips into things. It's like you know, it's like the Super Mario Advance games, but you know, as as an Arcadian.
2: I know when you start up the SNES game, a heavily accented man says "Data to, Day to East." Yeah, it's like Data East. Well, yeah, everybody did that, right? Yeah,
0: Hudson did that. <laughs> someone else. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a defining thing back then.
3: The, the, the interesting thing about this, I don't know if you've played 2 or seen the final stages, but like they have fighters history characters popping sure. up. So like, much yeah,
0: much like our Tumble Pop yeah. heads so They same. they
3: have Karnov who appears yes. I think in one of the story sequences, they have that like Ryu looking guy. Um, <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. So, I got a yeah. Karnov. So yeah. I guess we think as, of Joe and Mac as sort of like did East mascots such as they were. I mean
3: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> here, here they are sort of like this uh, fulcrum of all the other Dead East characters coming in and <laughs> having nice cameos and things.
3: And go, going back to the insensitivity talk about mm-hmm. the first game, I thought it was weird that like the 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 cutscenes are, are basically like 80s sex comedy things where Joe sure. and Mac are like trying to scare the – Tops off of cave women. Um, ah, yep. <laughs> uh, they scared them out of the shower hut. <laughs> yes, exactly. It seems and to they that... jumped in to steal all their panties. Joe I feel Mac. like, yeah, that is
0: the natural next step, I think, from the first game. Yeah. Just like, let's bring this up to, yeah, you know, total Porky's level.
3: Why
2: not? <laughs> 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 We've reached Porky's level, people. John Belushi yes. would
0: have made a good Joe. So, yeah, Joe Mac returns, much like Elevator Action returns or something like that. It was just sort of a weird sort of revival thing. Uh, that a lot of that not a lot of few arcade franchises did, Uh but here it's not so much an action platformer as Joe and Mac was. But instead of bubble 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 bubble, they platformer. pop flower. <laughs> uh, excuse my mouth, huh. um, but yeah, not not a bad game I would say. I mean, they certainly honed the sort of formula from Tumble Pop as well. So I mean, uh, if you want to load up Mame or what have you, or you happen to be lucky enough to find it in some dank corner of the world to go ahead and <laughs> check it out, I would say. Uh, and just watch out for those voice clips, please.
2: <laughs> yeah, if if you have a Caveman Ninja or Joe and Mac Returns Machine near you, take a picture and, and tweet it at us. Sure, I want to see yeah. it. I want to see these games. I want proof they exist.
0: I think that goes for anything we talk about Yeah, the show, yeah. Really? Most, Mostly obscure things we talk about, yeah. All right. Well, I mean, that is basically the whole of the Joe and Mac franchise. Uh, basically four decent games. I mean, some are less memorable than others for sure. But isn't that always the case? Uh, but, you know, after all this... As I said, you know, caveman, caveman and video games went together quite often, uh, not always that well, but, you know, after these sorts of Joe Mac games and other sorts, I mean, they, they sort of disappeared, the caveman game as it were. I mean, there were fewer examples after that. There was stuff like Tale of the Sun on PlayStation. That was all about cavemen. Chuck Rock. Chuck Rock. Yeah, same Yeah. Right but, like, after that, I mean, really, what was there? I remember, like, Sackboy's Prehistoric Moves. Yep, which is a total one-off. <laughs> Tork,
3: Prehistoric, Punk.
0: Okay, yeah. And, uh, I mean, if you want to split hairs, maybe uh, Tack, Power of Juju, but he's more of a tribesman, more of a yeah. tropicals ish thing. Yeah. I well, mean, There was the between, uh,
1: there was the canceled Xbox game BC, which yes. had nothing to do All with right. a comic.
3: No. <laughs> Although that did get its own games way back didn't, in the
1: day. And also, uh, didn't Live a Live have uh, a caveman scenario?
3: It does, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, but again, after that, in the in the following generations, it was not really played with too much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, ge- I guess it does kind of uh, wear out its welcome after a while. After so many decades of the Flintstones and, like we said, other sorts yeah. of uh, cartoons and stuff, it's like, what can you really yeah, do within that there's space There's not after a
1: lot a of variety available. I guess there's also Chrono Trigger's 65 million BC, but again, that's the <laughs> yeah. Super NES era.
2: My yeah. theory is all the people who grew up with the Flintstones, <laughs> they were making games in the early 90s. So mm-hmm. we saw their, their dreams filtered through video games. I wouldn't doubt it, but um, – I have a question. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, Data East is no longer around, right? Correct. They fought Trade West in the Great Civil War. No? Uh, I, <laughs> I guess. When did they die? Was, was it like the 32-bit era was too much for them? Is that sort of what happened to them? Mm, if
0: I remember correctly, Yeah. We actually did a whole episode about them way back in original yeah. Retro Nuts days. Uh, so we talked more about the story there. Uh, but yeah, after a certain point, I think in the last decade or two, yeah, they eventually just had to uh, – they license out all their stuff to other – parties, and they sort of kept some of their games going, like uh, Burger Time. And- right. Oh, yeah. Burger Time. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, it just occurred to me, like, speaking of the Flintstones, the, the, the decline of caveman-themed games kind of coincides with the terrible John Goodman Flintstones movies. Do you think that <laughs> maybe he just poisoned the well for every caveman franchise? Possibly, but man... Yeah. Right.
2: I think people had caveman mania or cavemania, as I call it, wow. up until that. And then they were like, whoa, hey, this is not fun. We were wrong. And then Viva Rock, Viva Rock Vegas was the final nail in the coffin, <laughs> yeah. I think.
3: That yeah. did get its own game, though. It did? It did.
2: Wow. Yeah.
0: What the hell? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, we do have more recent games that are sort of caveman-ish. There's stuff on PC like Rust, which you sort yeah. of uh, oh. grow, sort of start your own civilization. You start from nothing, basically. It's a first-person game, and Xenoclash is kind of like that. It's kind of you know more. It's definitely more bizarre than than Joe and Mac ever was, but it kind of has that sort of same sort of thinking behind it. You know, old ancient civilizations. Uh, but yeah, uh, quite a trip that game as well. You know, I'm just glad Diddy's never made Joe and Mac in space. Yeah, yeah, we can agree on that.
3: It would have happened eventually. That would have been would kind have of like the, the
1: side, you know, the, the side story to Dino Crisis three.
3: Yes.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Everything goes to space when it's running out of ideas. Yeah. Jason. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I, that's all I can think of right <laughs> now. Chucky, Chucky ever there. been to space? Yeah. Uh, no, he's been having yeah. kids. Yeah. <laughs> it's a different
0: story. <laughs>
3: well, he had a bride, Actually, yeah.
0: so it just it follows. Yeah. up. I was thinking like the Lost Vikings. Same uh, sort of approach.
3: Most uh, Vikings went to space straight off, though.
0: Yeah, they? not yeah. that it jumped the shark. I was just thinking, you know, Vikings are sort of like cavemen in that oh, yeah. sort of cartoon yeah, treatment. Yeah.
2: Leprechaun. He went to space. Yep, did he? Leprechaun yeah, Leprechaun did. Yeah, uh-huh. of course. After going to the hood, he went to space. Right.
0: <laughs> and then the, the hood in space.
2: Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, I'm giving them ideas. Okay, let's stop this let's
0: up. Let's, let's, let's break this down. Let's shut it down here. Thanks, everybody, for listening to Retronauts Pocket. Of course, you can find us on retronauts.com and uh, maybe find us more s- streaming after this on Twitch tv slash retronauts. I think I'm going to call dibs and maybe stream Congo's Cape. That'd be great. I'd watch that. Yeah, and try and, I don't know, build an argument as people are telling <laughs> you this sucks or whatever. Uh, uh, of course, we're also on Facebook, facebook.com slash retronauts. Please like us and also like us on iTunes where you can find us listed. And give us good reviews. Um, it helps out and uh, it's a contest over by now, Bob?
2: I don't know. Okay. But if it's before the 14th of May, if you uh, yeah. write a review on iTunes, use the word Fandango in your review. Okay, 14th of May. You uh, can, the the contest, contest will not have been
1: over by the time this goes yeah.
2: live. Yay. Yeah, yeah. So first prize, you get to choose a topic, uh, and then runner-ups, you'll get a t-shirt. That's right. Fandango
0: is the magic word. Word of the day. And, uh... Michael as we mentioned you host Vidigame game apocalypse I do anything you'd like else you'd like to say about that uh, or anything you can, else you you can watch find
3: it, it at uh, videogameapocalypse.com right. uh, or subscribe to it on iTunes uh, on Twitter at VGApocalypse and if you want to hear my occasional personal ramblings on Twitter or read them rather I'm at wikiparas. That's P A R A Z. That's right.
0: Uh, Video game apocalypse is a fun show. Just oh, thank by you. By oh, I love it. Yeah. You guys always do a top five, and it's always some. You know, you integrate some funny voice clips into that stuff as well. And uh, yeah, I, I felt like you know, Joe and Max seemed like a good series to try and get Michael in here. Something off kilter for us, and so know. Yeah. <laughs> seems like you would have some good to say, and you did. Oh, yeah, so, I yeah. Suppose so yeah. Uh, but yeah, speaking of Twitter, uh, like I said, RedRonald's on Twitter, but I am personally
2: RDBAAA on Twitter. Bob, I am Bob Servo, and I want a gritty Karnov reboot. So oh, get get okay. to work, folks. <laughs> and Jeremy, uh, I
1: am Spite on Twitter, and I would like i um, I'd like a, an open world bad ninjas or bad uh, bad dudes uh, versus dragon games. Dudes. <laughs> yes,
0: uh,
3: that also has Karnov.
0: That's right. You know what? Uh, belated footnote I just thought of. They were going to make a remake of Joe and Mac, much like they were with Toki. It was the Golgoth Studio. Hmm. Uh, they make the, you know, they they wanted to make all these high quality, high res 2D remakes of things. Uh, they did actually work on Magical Drop 5. But, uh, yeah, Toki did not happen yet, and Joe and Mac has not happened yet. But, uh, we'll see. <laughs> But at least they're not in space, once again. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. For now. (laughs) Thanks, you guys, for joining me. Thanks to you, listener, for listening. And uh, we'll see you once again on the OG Retronauts fun, Fun Venture. Good night.